Hey, Mike, you, you know you know what gets people going? What's that? A checklist. <laughs> yeah, love, love the checklist. Hey, it's Financial Life Planning. I'm Matt Robeson with my co-host, Mike Morton, the guy who actually knows things. I'm the guy who asks dumb questions. Sometimes <laughs> learns things along the way. Hey, Mike, you wanted to talk about lists, including you're making a list. You're checking it twice. You've got nine items. Oh, this is so unsexy. We got to juice this a little bit. Well, what you want to call it is nine items to review at the end of the year. But what you're really talking about is nine easy steps with maybe a bonus 10th to just kind of like quick checklist fashion, you know, sort of optimize yourself at the end of the year, save some money, make some money, do better, make it easy. (laughs) <laughs> all of the above, man. Now, when you get to the end of the year, certain things have to be done within the calendar year to count when it comes to taxes and other situations. So we like to think of them before the end of the year, not think of them in January. So here we are getting towards the end of the year. So just wanted to highlight some of these and not, of course, nine different ones. They're not going to all pertain to you, but just to kind of go through the list to get you thinking, oh yeah, this one, I forgot I need to do that before the end of the year. All right, two quick upfront disclaimers. One is that obviously it's hard if you're listening to this and you're like in the car or something to keep track of a list of nine or maybe 10 things. All this will be summarized on Mike's website. Uh, So people can check that out. That'll be in the show notes. Easy to find to remind yourself if anything here kind of perks up your ears. The other thing is hang on till the end of the show because Mike and I are going to debut a new segment that we're excited about that we think is super practical and fun. Hang on for that. I've teased it. Radio tease. All right, let's get into it. What's on? So this is your list of things. And by the way, when you say end of year, it's just, hey, you're coming to the end of the year. A lot of these, I feel like you could do earlier in the year if you really wanted to. Well, um, you certainly could. You certainly could. But all right. So, but you're getting to the end of the year. You want to make sure you're not leaving money on the table. You're getting every last dollar you can. What's number one? First off, check your employer retirement accounts that you're maximizing the contributions. If that's part of your plan to maximize contributions, we had the waterfall earlier, where to save the next dollar. So if employer, if you're trying to maximize your 401ks, your 403bs, seven deferred comp plans, just make sure you're shoving in that money because it's got to come from your paycheck, each and every paycheck. You can change the percentage. Usually you'll put in like 5% or 10% of your paycheck into that throughout the year. So just make sure you're going to hit those maximums if that's what you want to do. And if you're getting close and not quite there, you can always contact HR and bump up your contribution for a month or two, you know, up to 20% of your paycheck uh, for the last couple of months to make sure to maximize those. And speaking of contacting HR nowadays, I think most companies have this really easy kind of self-serve click a link. So what I like about your list is that most of these things truly are like three or four minute propositions. You can just put it on your to-do list. So what this one sounds like it comes down to is literally like send email to HR, get link if you don't know it already, or go through your intranet portal or whatever it is, click on the link, double check. And just a question, I imagine that there's, there's levels to this that like, you know, of course, what you want is to be absolutely maximizing, but at the very least, you want to be maximizing the level that employers will match, right? Because that is some free money. Yeah. Yeah. You should have been doing that throughout the year. Look, Matt, you did learn something. So yeah, you do that. Make sure you at least do that. Now, some employers, you know, you have to do it throughout the year. 
So you might be caught in, oh yeah, I wasn't contributing at all. Let me at least get that match and throw in 20% in my last couple of paychecks to get the 4% of my salary. And your employer might only match the 4% each contribution. They might not do you know, the 4% of your entire salary because if you weren't doing it throughout the year. So that's a good catch for next year. At least do free money, whatever your employer will contribute. Even if you find yourself in one of those employment situations where they'll only do the month to month, that's an easy fix as well. Just look up on Mike's website, his convenient time machine service, and that's just a great right. fit for you. All right. A couple of clicks. Let's go to no number two. <laughs> number two, charitable donations. We're getting towards the end of the year. This is always front of mind for a lot of my clients and friends. So, you know, making those year end charitable contributions. Now, this one's got a little bit of a catch to it. It's great. Organizations need that support, you know, and so if you have ones that you're interested in supporting, you know, go ahead and make those donations, charitable contributions, but not everybody gets a tax deduction for them. So that's something we talked about before. Maybe we'll have another episode that you've got itemized deductions in your taxes versus standard deduction and your charitable contributions only count if you're itemizing. So that's a little bit of a downside from a tax perspective, but upside, the organization is still going to get your support. If just asking for a friend, let's say you don't itemize and you're also kind of a dick, should you still make charitable contributions? Yeah. Yeah, you should. Oh, okay. <laughs> Good to know. Can't figure out who that might pertain to, but I'll tell you what, what we do in our house is we have a little Google doc just to keep track because sometimes my wife will make charitable contributions. Sometimes I will. And it's not like we're trying to limit, oh, you don't want to give too much. We would just like to know that we're not giving to the exact same NGO, the exact same cause at the exact same time as part right. of the same appeal, because we're sending them all kinds of algorithmic response information. It's, ooh, this email was particularly effective that we don't want to send them. So we just, it's a 20 second thing that we found very useful. Over I the love years. that you, the year, we, yeah. you know, we know in case we do end up itemizing, we, it's, Good to know. And so that. Yeah. Keeping tracks important. I love that you have a All Google right. sheet with. Emily. Let's get ourselves to number three. Number three, consider prepaying deductible expenses. So certain things I are. I did not understand any of the words in there. No, a period full stop. What? Con consider. Okay. That means to, you know, contemplate. <laughs> it's a <Okay>. question. <laughs> prepaying. Prepaying. So pay ahead like of time before it's so, due. Yeah, normally we don't like that. Prepaid. No. Deductible. That means okay. you get to not pay taxes on the money. Ooh, um, expenses. Something you have to uh, spend money on. I feel <laughs> so like, I like Homer Simpson <laughs> in, in the uh, frozen yogurt episode. It's like, that's good. That's bad. That's good. All right, go on. So prepay, consider. So consider. you're not telling us we must do that's that. Right. Just think about it. Just consider about prepaying it. deductible expenses. Okay. Yeah, so certain things on your tax forms are deductible, such as state and local taxes, mortgage interest, things like that. Come, You write them down and potentially can deduct them and not pay taxes on some of those expenses. In other words, get you know free money back. So sometimes those are throughout the year and you total them up. So say your mortgage has a mortgage interest. Okay, so part of your mortgage payment is the interest. You get to deduct that. So you don't pay taxes on that money. Take it off of your salary. It's really great. So potentially you could pay January's 2024 in December. So you could prepay your mortgage payment that's due in January here in, you know, December. And then therefore you paid it in this calendar year, 2023, and you get to deduct it on your 2023 taxes. 
So that's what we mean, consider prepaying deductible expenses. I don't find this one super useful, but it can be, especially for small business owners, if you have a little bit of wiggle room on when you get income and when you pay expenses, you can really do this. So it could be property, it could be mortgage payments or property taxes is the other one that people talk about, like making your January, your first quarter or first six months property taxes in the year before. So you're looking for, maybe you're in a high tax situation and you're looking for an additional deduction. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But then, you know, the downside is you don't get it next year because <laughs> you've prepaid it. So again, this one, I don't put a lot of weight into, but it is something to consider depending on your situation. Well, that's where the Mike Morton time machine service is particularly useful. By the way, I should give a disclaimer in this day and age. Mike Morton does not possess a time machine. I don't feel like <laughs> I should have to do that. And yet yeah. here we are in the world. Uh, like, do we, Matt, do we need like trigger warnings for that too? I was curious. I don't hear about <laughs> that as much these days. <laughs> you don't hear about trigger warnings. I think it's because everything in the world is triggering all, it's everything everywhere all at once. The entire world is a gigantic trigger. The world is terrible. And therefore that's why people listen to this show because it's such a wonderful escape. You get practical information. That's why. You get a little light humor. You get plenty of dad jokes. All right. Yeah. Speaking of being dads, mm. kids are very expensive. We, we were just talking about that. And there are, you, you have to educate them. And apparently you can get tax benefits for spending on education. That's tax, good. Tax benefits for education. Yeah, man, it's awesome. So there are two different ones here. The um, American Opportunity Tax Credit and the Lifetime Learning Credit. These are both fantastic credits when you have kids that are in really secondary schools, so post high school education. So those are great ones to just remember if you're making payments, write that down and you get good tax credits from both of those. Or sorry, from either of those, They're, they work slightly differently. So the American Opportunity Tax Credit is really often used in colleges. You can get it four years and it's per student and the lifetime learning credit is per tax return, but you can use it for really like any kind of education. So this is great. If you, you want to go back to school, Matt, you want to go back to school and, and get some learning, get I some, you know, take some courses, then you can get the lifetime learning credit. Oh gosh. You know, <laughs> maybe I, you can I'm apply for this show <laughs> yeah, on this show. Be, there count. are all these inspirational quotes out there. It's like, be a lifetime. I just read one from some luminous figure in the world. It's the end of your education is not the end of learning or something like that. And people talk about going back to school. I can't imagine a bigger nightmare. Not that I don't think education is great and important and all that stuff. But gosh, I used to have the same dream that everyone has. I think everyone on earth has this dream. It's the last day of the semester. It's the final exam. You have not showed up to class all semester. And now you have to run to your exam and you're wondering to yourself, why didn't I drop this class? Why did I stay in it? What am I doing? This is terrible. I used to have this stress dream all the time in college. And then I stopped having it after college. And then I went to grad school and I started having the dream again. And now it's been 20 blissful years since I've been in college or grad school. And I don't have the dream anymore. I just have the dream where I have to pay for my kids' college and grad school. Ooh. That's Which is worse. Which is, wait, know. why was your thought? One is when I'm asleep and the other is when I'm awake. So <laughs> That's I, right. <laughs> I don't know. I think because I'm not improved. Why was your thought, why didn't I drop this class and not, why didn't I go to class? All right, let's move on <laughs> to number. I actually didn't hear anything you just said because the wonderful platform we record on just froze uh, you for, for a second there. Perfect. Wasn't even the time machine. All right, number five. What's number, number five. five? Where are we? A lot of okay. words here. Refu okay. Oh, yeah, this is stocks. So this one, you want to consider your gains and losses in your stocks. So if you have tax, if you have a brokerage account 
and maybe you've got some stocks or some ETFs we love or mutual funds, you want to check and see if they've gone up or down, especially any that have gone down in value. You could sell those, consider, again, consider selling those at a loss to offset gains or future gains. And this is a really great one too, Matt, because if they're short-term losses, if you bought something a few months ago, six or nine months ago, and it's gone down before one year and you sell it, then up to $3,000 can come straight off your income taxes. So that's a really great little deduction to save you, what, 100 bucks in your taxes right there if you have a $3,000 short-term loss. So just check your brokerage account and see what's gone up or down and maybe make some decisions there. This is a really clever one. I mean, uh, the, the one before about utilizing education tax benefits feels like the kind of thing where, I, I don't mean this in a bad way, but it's like a check the box exercise. Yeah. It's like, just make sure you've done this either in your tax prep software or with your tax preparer or whatever it is you do. This one takes a little bit more legwork. You, you got to actually crack open your account and like, look, then you probably do want to consult with your tax preparer. But we've talked, if you people want to go back in the feed, we've talked about tax loss harvesting before and- this feels like a good one. It's like a target of opportunity. If this has happened to you, and let's say you've had gains elsewhere in your portfolio, you're going to have a tax liability there, or just, you know, you, you, you face an overall tax liability in your income. You could wait around, invest for the long haul, hope that your bad bet on a single stock or holding is, is eventually going to turn itself around in 10 years. It probably will. That's what, that's what you tell me. Or you could just say, you know what, I'm just going to take the hit right now and get a little benefit out of it. I love it. Yeah, it's a good opportunity to review, especially let's say your broker you look at your brokerage account, the stock you pick some stocks a while ago and you still have them. And if you look at those ticker symbols, you're like, uh, you know, <laughs> that kind of feeling. Maybe just sell it. Maybe that'll just make you feel better. That's what I, that's one of the things I use with my clients. Like, do you really want to keep staring at that ticker symbol? Why don't we just get rid of that thing? Take the loss and you never have to see it again. And you get a tax benefit. So Wait, are you talking about investments or are you giving love advice for people in the dating scene? <laughs> you know uh... what? You, 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 the spark isn't there. It's not the stock. It's, it's no, it is the stock. It's not you. It's the it's stock. The stock. That's sometimes right. you just, you don't ever really want to see them again. All right. Speaking of, of love affairs, I, I think for this next one, we might have to get you something to kind of calm the throbbing heart because we're going to talk about your very favorite account. Ah, oh, very favorite. HSAs. No taxes ever. Love these accounts. But this one, I actually met, I do have it here at the end of the year, but I skipped over the IRAs um, and the HSAs because those you can actually do in the first quarter of next year. So if you don't quite, you're not quite on the ball with the busy season and the other nine, seven, eight, nine things on this list, the HSAs and the IRAs, you can always top up in first quarter of next year to count for this year. So you definitely want to do those, but I'll give you a little bit of a pass here at the end of the year. Little little bonus time, but it is a good thing yeah. to do because yeah. you people can easily find discussion of the, the myriad benefits of HSAs <laughs> if you go back in the feed. Speaking of you quivering, I have to say that I'm currently listening as an audio book with my daughter to the Twilight series. And I'm discovering that the Twilight series has an awful lot of quivering a lot mm. of palpitations. There, there's a lot more young hearts fluttering than I remember. Yeah. I thought of it as a wholesome tale about vampires and werewolves. It turns out it's really not. It's like a Fabio no. cover inspired <laughs> full on romance. And there's a lot of pining. 
it's actually very painful to listen to. I gotta say, and <laughs> and that's basically you are like there, there's Team Jacob, there's Team Edward, and then there's Team HSA. And Mike, you're part of that. <laughs> there you go, group. And All I right. will I will say on this on the HSA is briefly a lot of employers will put money into them, which is great, but that you have the opportunity to top them off. So don't forget that your employer may not have put in the maximum. And so you have the opportunity to top those off. So we'll talk about that early next year. Early next year. We'll, we'll circle back to it. This next one I really identify with. This has happened to me a lot. I found myself wanting. <laughs> to, to maximize your number of kids? Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Credits. <laughs> no, I, I have. Boy, I don't want to diss my children, but um, I feel like I have enough. Okay. I have the perfect number of kids. Perfect. There you go. Perfect right. number of kids. Yes, yeah, so this is the, you know, maximizing your child dependent care credits. There's a lot of them out there, but you know, Matt, it turns out, did you know that, that kids are expensive? They cost money having mm. these kids. So you can tell deduct some of those. <laughs> tell me more. Yeah, exactly. Um, how long do you have? <laughs> Apparently at least, at least 15 years until the youngest is out of college. That's right. But so then, look, you might have the joy of, they, they sometimes move right back into the house, which oh. I would welcome because... I'm pre-dreading the idea of my kid. I love having my kids at oh home. I love it. So if they want to move back in, that's great. But from an expense standpoint, that could still be, it could be longer than 15 years. It could, yeah, it could boomerang. be a long time. Boomerangs, baby. They're coming back. So yeah, this one, the, those expenses for kids from camps and childcare and things like that, you can deduct. So make sure you keep track of those expenses, add those up. Again, that's a little more tick the box kind of thing. Not that you have a um, ton of control over because there are income limits and other stuff. So it's just keeping track of all those costs and make sure that you include them and hopefully get some uh, credits for them. Are you ready to create your ideal lifestyle? Let's discover what's most important to you and design a plan to have more of that in your life. Go to meetmikemorton.com. All one word, meetmikemorton.com. We, I've definitely had conversations when it's tax time with my wife where we're like, wait, did we count everything? We have to go back. We're like, no, we didn't. Oops. Yeah. So yes, super useful, but definitely in the nature of check the box. All right. What's number eight? Uh, business expenses. So this is for those business owners or you got a side hustle or you make some contracting, consulting income. Make sure you're you know, really including all your business expenses. And this one, again, at the end of the year here, maybe there's a couple of things you want to spend money this year. Or alternatively, maybe you want to push them off to next year. So depending on when you're maybe making more income, maybe this is a big income year. You had a big bonus or your partner, or you're filing jointly. Your partner had a big bonus this year. So you're in a higher tax bracket. So, hey, see if you can spend some money on business expenses to bring down your overall income, deduct those. Alternatively, maybe you're in a low year. Oh, I just took a new job. I wasn't working for a period of time. I took a new job towards the end of the year. So next year I'll have higher income. Then push the expenses into January when you're going to have higher income. This is one where I feel like I need to remind people of the plug that we mentioned at the top of the show that we're hoping that each of these items individually is, you know, a five minute exercise, maybe 10. I know it begins to feel as we get into the list, there's a lot of homework, a lot of stuff to do. But I do think that if you chunk this out individually, it really is probably an hour maximum. And what we're talking about here is potentially not just hundreds, but thousands of dollars of savings or earning is a, is a better yeah. way to think about it. And again, if someone's offering me 500, a thousand, couple thousand bucks per hour of work, 
feels like a pretty good investment of time. And hopefully none of these are too onerous. All right, let's hit number nine. Yeah, I also think just know, again, as we said at the top, just knowing these, oh, I hadn't thought about that. Then, yeah, there you go. Maybe hundreds hundreds of dollars right there or something that you hadn't considered. No, you're totally right. There's a version of this where someone's listening and only one of these things is super relevant, but it's the kind of thing that like sparks your ear and you're like, hey, wait a second. I really, did I count this dependent care expense that that I may not have? And it could be worth, just that investment of time could be worth hundreds of dollars to you. Very worthwhile. So this last one falls in that bucket, Matt. This is energy credits. So you can get credits and discounts and deductions for home improvements, electric vehicles, things of that nature. So things like solar panels or just insulation, more insulation for your house, making it more energy efficient, HVAC systems, more insulation, energy efficient appliances. A lot of those can show up on your tax forms as a credit or a deduction. So taking a look at making your home more energy efficient can also put dollars in your pocket. And is this the kind of thing where, again, you might do this with an eye toward when do I want these credits to flow? When do I want to spend this money when you could stack up this year versus next year and that kind of thing? Yeah, absolutely. And the the other thing to consider is that the laws are always changing. I know the EV credits, it's really hard to keep track of because they're changing which cars qualify and how much do you get? And it changes every year. So that this one might take a little more legwork, but just so you know, if you've done anything, oh yeah, I did have some to get some new appliances that were more energy efficient. Could I get something off my taxes for that? Yeah, possibly. It's good to be aware. Now you've got a bonus number 10. I feel like a liar, basically. You made a liar out of me. We kept saying nine. What's number 10? So this one I kind of threw in there, reviewing your financial goals. So I think once a year is a great opportunity to sit down, think if you're individual or with your with a partner, just what's coming next year. I often do this at the start of the year. You could do it at the end of the year, during the holiday season, during the break, but just really considering, hey, what are our goals in general? All right. We talk about that a lot on this show, but also financially. Are there, there budgetary items or their financial goals uh, or the things you want to spend money on? Hey, I want to you know, take a big trip this year. The kids are at a certain age. Like, let's really, we haven't done that. Let's do that thing or whatever it is. Or now we need to save money this year. We really got to buckle down. Like, here's where we're going to you know, keep our budget within. So I think reviewing financial goals is a great opportunity here at the end of the year or at the start of the next year uh, for sitting down and figuring those things out. I'll give you my version on this one, which is I love to keep things simple. I really believe in the aphorism, one job at a time, every job a success. And there is no limit to the amount that I like to chunk things down into manageable pieces because I can't even handle something that's more than like 10 minutes as a task. This is a problem, I know. And so for me, what I tend to think about with with this kind of guidance is, hey, there's a time period coming up where, especially as we get into December, People take time off of work. You might be at home and you might have 30 minutes. And maybe what you could do is you don't have to do a top to bottom soup to nuts review. Maybe you could find one thing. You could find one thing. I have a task that I've been wanting to do. You have an email that you sent me about one thing that I have to accomplish that I've left an unread status in my inbox for six months now. And I'm like, I'm going to get to this. It would feel great getting to that one task. And if I could just do that, we would be better off. My version of this is just, you don't have to feel daunted by the idea of, I'm going to optimize everything in my financial goals. I mean, I agree with you, obviously you should review, but the practical version to me is 
Find in there one thing you're going to accomplish by the end of the year that is a substantial change that you could do in 30 to 60 minutes and uh, get that done. You will feel fantastic. I love it. One thing. Hey, speaking of one thing, I will circle back to two things. <laughs> First, <laughs> wait, wait. And, yeah, speaking of one thing, of one thing. <laughs> which I'm not. I already multiplied it. <laughs> one, you will find this list for anyone who wants to just quickly put eyes on it on Mike Morton's website, and that'll be in the show notes. The other thing is it's time for that fun new segment, which as always on the show, we don't have a name for because we're not naming professionals. We're we're podcasting professionals. So <laughs> Talk, talking professionals. <laughs> yeah, we talk, but coming up with succinct names for things. Pff, yeah. What we want to do is we want to talk about very quickly, in just a couple of minutes in this segment, something that we've learned, something that we've found in the last week or the last month that's made life convenient, easier, funner. That's not a word. Something that like is a great fun takeaway that people might want to try or they might want to learn from our cautionary tale. Mike, you promised you had one for me. Go. All right. Here's what I have rediscovered in the last week or two is mindfulness and meditation. Ooh. And the reason I've rediscovered this is because it adds space in my life to be more present, especially with you, Matt. I'm sitting across from you and I can be more present right here with you. And that's really what it comes down to. It's very interesting. Um, just doing five minutes a day, there's a million different apps you can use to explore different modalities and stuff, whatever. It's really just sitting quietly and just trying to be in the present moment. And what it does, it reminds me, you think it's kind of woo-woo and other stuff, even though there's tons of science in the last decade around this. Here's what it is, quite succinctly. It's like working out for your mind. If you put in five minutes, it's working out, it's training your mind to be more here, and it leads to a whole, whole host of benefits. So I've rediscovered that. I'm excited to dive back in and spend a little time every day just being here in the moment. I love it. And I, I hear the tension there between you want to be more present. So that means you want to put your phone away. And there's an app for that. That sounds really, you <laughs> right. have to think about that one a little bit. All right. I, speaking of technology, I've got one for you. It's all the rage these days. It's six or seven years ago when the word blockchain was everywhere. No mm. one was sure what it was. As a matter of fact, it's probably not anything. And there's no good use for it whatsoever. And everyone was trying to brand their stuff with the word blockchain. If you had an iced tea, it was blockchain enabled. Uh, I'm not sure why, but maybe you want to invest in this. The new version of that is AI. There's not a single product out there that they don't say is AI enabled. Like your car, that actually sounds terrible. Although I love Kit. Maybe if my car were Kit, oh, I'd be into that. Yes. And the program that we use to edit this show has a whole bunch of AI tools. And I have tried them over the last week. And one of the tools is they will write the blurb for your show for you. And I, I think what I've discovered is it's like most AI tools. It's pretty terrible. It does not do a good job, but it does a few things decently enough as a start that it's slightly better than not doing it all. It saves you a little bit of time, not a lot, but I'm into the idea of seeing where this is going and I'm finding it useful. So my listener challenge for everyone is look at the show notes here. I'm going to push the editor here, the producer, to use the AI feature and then edit from there. Let's see if we can 
figure out what is AI and what is just our terrible robotic writing. <laughs> That's right. I love it, Matt. And did you know, I didn't even tell you this, today's episode was brought to you by ChatGPT. Because I, before this episode, I went in and had a conversation with my AI friend around the top things to save money at the end of the year and had a good conversation because I had certain things I wanted to include in there. And so we had some back and forth with the chat GPT to come up with this list of nine things for the end of the year. I am so disturbed right now. <laughs> I feel like I, 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 I don't know. I, I don't know how to feel. I'm not even sure you're real. This is, this is very <laughs> strange a, for me. It'll right. be AI generated. Mm, oh gosh. For all of our <laughs> listeners, I assure you that I think Mike is real. We're not in the same physical space right now. So he could be max headrooming this. I don't know. Um, all right. So reminder, check out the show notes. Let us know. Send us a comment, which you can do, especially if you're on Spotify or send us an email. If you are particularly intrigued by any of the potential AI elements of everything you are reading and hearing, check out the list on the website. And for Mike, We'll see you next time. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for joining us on Financial Planning for Entrepreneurs. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to and rate the podcast on Apple iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can connect with me at LinkedIn or MortonFinancialAdvice.com. I'd love to get your feedback. If you have a comment or question, please email me at financialplanningpod at gmail.com. Until next time, thanks for tuning in. This recording is for informational purposes only and should not be considered for investment advice. Opinions expressed as are of the date of recording. Such opinions are subject to change. We do not guarantee the accuracy or completeness of the data presented here.